Good evening, you pair of fuckers. It's Jordi Al. I'm ringing to thank you. Why am I ringing to thank you? I'm ringing to thank you for introducing me to something that I'd seen in the ball a few times with never quite fancy trying, and that is Jägermeister. Because I'm currently consuming a substantial amount in celebration of my 36th birthday. I'll run away. Huh? Anyway. Anyway. Um, I gave you a second, gave you a This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. And I'm Lance Wackerly. Wackerly, uh, might need to speak up just a little bit because uh, I'm a bit deef from the rock concert I attended last night. I haven't heard of your concert-going antics in a while. Are you going to regale us with a story about? Not really. I'm just saying concert that concert uh, going. It was it was one of those uh, those shows that I didn't think was going to be all that loud, so I didn't bring uh, earplugs or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, which I think you sh- I think at our age, whenever we go and attend a rock show, you should always have earplugs in your pocket. But I went to. Well, go I, check- I disagree. I disagree. I have to vehemently disagree with that. I think if you go with earplugs in your pocket, you might as well not go. Why? What if you want to see? Point? You're going to lose your hearing. <laughs> what are you there for? To see the the lead singer sw- swiveling his hips erotically? You can still listen with some earplugs. I mean, uh, mm. d- dude, rock shows are loud. Heavy metal bands are loud. I know, but at that point, you could just get a live concert. You know, not the same experience. You, you don't why, have smelly people in front of you. You don't have uh, head-banging Mexicans with uh, their disgusting afros and their dreadlocks in your face. It's it's all okay. about the community. That, that's what I was trying to get at is what you, why you were even there if you're going to wear earplugs. They're actually, you well, know, I mean, what, at that point, why don't you wear nose plugs and, and you know, pay for a, a box away from all the, the dregs? The the reason the I don't mind. No, I want to be around. I want to be in the community. I want to to enjoy. It's like going to a movie. I want to go okay. sit next to somebody and experience this in a communal experience. The problem is, I don't appreciate having tinnitus. How do you get your walker past security, dude? I'm an aging hipster. Hipsters still go to shows and well into their forties. Yeah, you are. You are hipster grandpa. Exactly, I'm an a- aging hipster. So, but this band you're in your, because you're in your late thirties now. But it's relative, there, Wacker. This band. I'm is also an older in my band. late thirties. No, this band as is of, an older as band. of Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're an your older band. Well, this you, band. Are you comparing your your age to rock and roll star age? That's not gonna fly with. No, me. I'm comparing my age to the other concert goers. It's like this is an too. older band, so everybody was like mid thirties for the most part. So, so you weren't feel, seeing Crystal Castles or Animal Collective or Magic There Suite. I'd probably feel like an old man, like at oh. a Crystal Castle show. Anyway, this was the Swans. And oh. so uh, I went to go see the Swans at El Rey, which is a great place to see a show. But it was just so incredibly loud 
that all day today I've just had this ringing in my ear. Do you ever get that? Do you get that that ringing in your ear? It's just like that that kind of just shrill like buzzing sound. Uh, yeah, after when I used to go to loud shows like that, I did. But I I've embraced my age and I don't really do that anymore. You I know, go to I shows, even, just not that type of a show. I mean, I think it, it exacerbated by not having any plugs or anything. I actually did take, I had to go the cocktail napkin route and shove those in my ears because it hurt so bad. could have just <laughs> left. But um, Yeah, I'm sure you looked super hip there. Yeah, I, grandpa. I, I think I looked a little hipper than most of the other fans. Next time, take condoms and put those in your ears, <laughs> as recommended by Ronnie Dobbs. <laughs> Probably a good idea. No, but so anyway, I go and uh, you know all day I've been dealing with this. this you know, you could have you could have you could have gone to the the you know whatever the management box office and said, "Turn uh, it down." Could you guys uh, turn down the uh, PA system? It's a little loud. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, then could you turn it down? What are you trying to deafen us? I'm leaving I, the place, I, Dave. I, my second career is, is a, an award-winning podcrafter, and I need my hearing. And I, you, you'll be hearing from my lawyer if you don't turn it down. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised uh, people weren't bitching about that. I, I'm surprised people weren't bitching about that. Because people in, in this city tend to bitch about everything. And I think probably because of the high number of Jews here. We yeah, just need to right. whine. They do like to whine. Have you ever been to Santa Monica? Yes. For work, mostly. And for like a a dumb uh, girlfriend event, like wet engagement party one time. I'm not going back there. I, I decided I, I'm laying down the law. I'm not going back there. I went there on Sunday with my girlfriend to go meet her sister. We went shopping in this area they call the promenade. Yeah. How much did. did they get into you for that? I wasn't, I was, I just sat outside. Yeah. Everything there is expensive. It's like, uh, it's ridiculous prices, right? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And you know, it's it's funny too because there's all these like uh, Armenian stores that are just totally overpriced with just really yes. gaudy fashion. But yeah, anyway, you know what yeah. you should do when you go there? Wear like a shirt with a Turkish flag on it. They love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. But anyway, uh, I, I was standing there waiting at one of the sundry outside one of the sundry stores that they went in. And uh, I noticed this like group of malcontents, like teenagers. Kind of just, uh, one of them lit up a cigarette and was smoking, and a parent, a dad, walked up to this kid and said, hey, put that out. And the kid's like, looking at him like, what? He said, I said, put that out. You're not allowed to smoke in uh, Santa Monica. And I was like, I mean, it was over, like, he was like five feet away from me. I was like, you're not allowed to smoke in Santa Monica. Uh -huh. And I was thinking of saying something, but then I was thinking, you know, I'll probably get my ass kicked by this dad, or maybe my ass kicked by the malcontent. I don't know, but I also don't time. want. To, well, I also want, don't want to be the white knight of cigarette smoking. You know, yeah, you know, white knighting like, is always a bad idea. I'm going to champion your right to smoke in public. But I was wondering about this. I'm like, what the fuck? My girlfriend goes back. I was like, are you not allowed to smoke in Santa Monica? And yeah, it's a local ordinance. You're not allowed to smoke in the city of Santa Monica. Well, on the street, right? Well, I, outdoors in public. What? What the I'm fuck sure you can is smoke that? In your own home, but yeah, in public you probably can't. You you can't even smoke outside of a bar. There, you can't smoke in a bar. You can't smoke outside of a bar. This is getting ridiculous. And then I read in the news that New York City just passed the same law. <laughs> yeah, New York City, the the city of rebels, and you know, do whatever you want. Artists and and culture is becoming like daycare. What what is happening to this? You know, I kind of understand that in California. 
In Santa Monica, I kind of understand that. You have all these people that are obsessed with fitness, obsessed and they're with super their self-image. So they, they they're have super... the time to go lobby the local government for anti-smoking ordinances. Exactly, and they're hippies, whatever. I can kind of But New York City? What happened to the, this most, the, the edgiest city in the world? And you're not well, allowed to smoke? says who? Well, it used to be. It used to be. But people, st- some people still are under that impression, and I am here to disillusion that, disabuse them of that opinion. I just want to know what's going on. So th- it's not that edgy. Well, it, apparently it's not with, law, with, with Michael Bloomberg running the show over there. The so pe- lifetime mayor that he is. So people who are not in the know, uh, Bloomberg just recently passed a local law. Well, not even Bloomberg. The, the city voted on it. They passed Bloomberg on- was very much behind it, though. Yeah, he was championing the cause here. But they just passed a draconian outdoor smoking ban. Um, New Yorkers now cannot smoke in city parks, beaches, or on public boardwalks and in public plazas. Um, Now, is that just Manhattan, or is that all five boroughs? It's all five boroughs. Jesus Christ. uh, It's city parks um, uh, throughout throughout, uh, New York. Does that include sidewalks or just parks? Times Square? You're not allowed to smoke in Times Square? It doesn't include all sidewalks. Though. So it's not no, as it bad as Santa Monica, but they're definitely going in that direction. I think they're, I think they're only like a, a few years away from, from Santa Monica restrictions here. But dude, what about Times Square? What, isn't that where they have the biggest New Year's Eve party in the world? Yeah. You can't smoke? Well, and this is the thing, okay? <laughs> if you're com- crowded into Times Square and it's New Year's Eve... I wouldn't smoke either, just out of common courtesy. Like, I'm not going to light up a cigarette when there's peop- like 17 people three inches away from my face. Well, but why does the government need to tell people and make rules about that? You know, people should just be have a little bit of sense of decency. And for those people who are retarded enough not to have decency, other normal people should point out to them that they're being assholes and tell them to cut it the fuck out. Well, I think uh, people should also shouldn't belch or fart in public either. I just don't think uh, the common person has yeah. decency. I'm with you there. I just don't think most people aren't considerate of each other. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's individual freedoms. At what, what, what point does the government, city government, local government, whatever, stop enforcing and telling you how to live your life? Never. That's, well, that's what bothers me. It's like, they, these are nanny laws. You know what I mean, they argue these things these things get argued in by saying that you're ha- you're you're not just affecting yourself you're affecting other people. But I think you could say that about anything. I mean now they argue that if you get fat you're going to make everybody else's health insurance costs go up. And now that everybody's going to have health insurance now like anybody, you know, everybody has to watch what everybody else eats. Well, Bloomberg, well, let me get back to explain some of the details here. Bloomberg initiated that 2002 smoking ban in bars and restaurants. You know, I was Which he was, he was that. just following California's lead there. We we were we out here on the West Coast are responsible for that one. Well, I think most cities, bigger cities in the US have a ban on smoking in restaurants and bars except for like Detroit now. and Vegas. But what even in Europe though? I don't think in London you can can you still smoke in bars and I think I don't Paris, think so. I know Paris, they, they passed it even in Ireland, you know, the big drinking and smoking in pubs culture even there they passed it. I can understand that, though, because you're sitting, you know, close proximity to other people, non-smokers, babies, pregnant women. Yeah, the, the dangers of being indoors with secondhand smoke, I think, 
you know, secondhand smoke is, is definitely more dangerous indoors than it is outdoors. I don't know. Don't go to that bar then. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I think you should that, be drinking I, I, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way behind this pro-freedom angle. I, I don't give an inch on it. But I can, well, I do. In it's, the, not in your, that it's, point, not, it's not your right to be in a bar that has smoking in it. I mean, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. If they want to ban smoking in, you know, the DMV or the county courthouse where you have to be to live your life, I could see that. Okay, well, what about the waiting room at the hospital? <laughs> is it a public hospital or a private hospital? Public hospital. Okay, well then the public a public hospital they can ban it there. But if it's a private hospital, the hospital can make whatever rules they want. I don't know. I I, I can see. I can understand where they're coming from with the dangers of secondhand secondhand smoke in like a, a indoor public area, like a public um like a bar or something like that. But All smoking right. smoking on a sidewalk, smoking in the beach at the at the park. <laughs> I mean, how how does that how does secondhand smoke when you're outdoors? How is it how is it as harmful as the rest of the pollutants in New York City? Think of the, the carbon monoxide that that bus is uh, emitting. You're breathing that in. All those old boilers, you know, in the basements of the buildings, just churning out soot. Those sweaty Italians walking by you. I mean, just think of the odors, the pungent but I stench. Even, but I have to tell you, I think that, in my opinion. Even if the air and the water and the ether of New York City were as pure as, you know, Lindsay Lohan's panties, um, I still say that, you know, it's important for people to have a f- have freedom and have, like, you don't need... There's a value in having the government not legislate your every waking moment with just, you know, a million rules. Like... The true libertarians People, coming out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I'm not ashamed of it. I just. But people don't see that. I, you know, people the the very the very staunch pro public health people like your right to smoke ends when the smoke enters my lungs, like because it's unhealthy for me. And like you know what, I if you stand right next to me and I'm having a cigarette and we're outside, I understand that it's probably not that it's less healthy than if you were standing next to a tree you know well i don't think they worry about your health i think they're worried about their own well they have no right to worry about my health i don't think they give a fuck about your health i think they're they're worried about they're worried about the secondhand smoke that they're breathing in because the media has created hysteria just completely over-exaggerated the dangers of secondhand smoke, especially when you're outdoors. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the medical tests. I don't know. Maybe it is really dangerous. But they like, have not you can prove move. that it caused cancer. You can yeah. move. You can cross I, the you street. Know, and I, you you being you know you being in the most pristine health condition of a newborn baby for your entire life. I think is not greater than the value of not having the government tell everybody what to do all the time. Well, I just feel that zero tolerance of smoke in an outdoor public setting is just coming across as rigidly paternalistic for no reason other than protecting for controlling the masses, telling people how to live their lives. And why do we need nanny laws? What good does it do? You could, I, don't you even should... know, I don't even know if it's controlling the masses. I think that part of it is... 
everybody gets behind these laws because everybody's anti-smoking. Not everybody, obviously, but a, a solid majority of people. So a politician can get behind something like this and know that they're going to have it's going to look good in a huge base of people. Are gonna be like, yeah, I hate smoking. My my mom smoked, and I always hated it. I used to have this neighbor downstairs who smoked. And I always smelled it. I I just want to get back at those people. And then the politician can use that as a leverage point to to you know get people on their side when the next election comes around. And just nobody nobody has a concept of maintaining any type of autonomy from the government that that has any value. So nobody says any shit about it except for like a couple of smokers and they can't even talk. Cause they're like, well, I think <laughs> I'll just make the fucking law. I can't talk. Well, where, where can you smoke in New York city anymore? Other than your own home? Can you even well, like smoke I said, in your I, own I don't home? Th- I don't think this law is like Santa Monica. I think there's are certain, there, it doesn't cover every sidewalk everywhere. I think it's, parks i think they've designated Times square as being like a park i've read that uh, you can't smoke 20 feet in front of your office building so people have like in downtown like well that's in, true uh, in, that's true in san francisco too you're not supposed uh, to smoke 20 feet from any doorway well what's interesting about this law and i'm surprised that that more non-smokers or more smokers haven't been a little more active in protesting it i don't think smokers uh, are not an active group well, I'm, you know, tired. I've seen I've seen a couple um, of uh, just local organiz or new, uh, class like civil uh, civic uh, organizations just came about where people are like saying, you know, here sign this petition and let's get back smokers' rights. But it's like you know, smokers aren't proud of what they are, but but That's they become they aren't they're they're not proud of what they're doing. People and some people enjoy it. I think a lot of people, I bet you there's a lot of New Yorkers that don't consider themselves a smoker, but consider themselves, well, you know, when I'm drinking, I like to have a couple cigarettes. But I don't right. think they're going to sit there and parade for smokers' rights. No, but for I think, example, I, I wouldn't parade for smokers' rights because I don't want my employers to know that I smoke. All right. Mr. Yeah, I, I hide it from my coworkers. Well, Mr. American, I want to be the, I want to have the right to smoke anywhere I want. Why are you hiding it then? Why are you ashamed? I'm not fucking. I'm not fucking Rosa Parks. I'm talking about my (laughs) beliefs, not my not my behavior. I would if if I if my coworkers knew I smoked, I would hear no fucking. I would hear no fucking end of it. That's what would it would matter. It would constantly be like, oh, you should quit smoking. Are you still smoking? You should quit smoking. Oh, smoking's so bad for you. Oh, you're not going to smoke when you come over and my kids are around at the uh, Fourth of July party, are you? There is just kind of this, aggravation. There is this terrible demonic stigma, and that's what that's what I'm getting to. Is I think smokers have become like the mon- the modern day Jews. We're persecuted like Jews. <laughs> you know, it, is this is this in the same vein that the Wisconsin public sector workers who are protesting are comparing themselves to uh, the protesters in Libya and Egypt? I think it might be. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the Stretch. protesters in Libya are making fifty eight thousand dollars a year, the, and then forty thousand dollars a year for life after they retire. No. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's the same thing. But no, I do feel though that smokers are basically just being persecuted every right that you could possibly have. I mean that this is a legal product. As uh, what's his <laughs> name said, Boner, uh, you know, uh, House Reps Boner. He, oh, he boner, said, yeah, that boner. yeah. I but when they're asking him, like, why do you smoke, he's like, you know what? It's a legal product. I'm consuming a legal product. 
Until look it's illegal, my, then I'll be breaking the law. <laughs> baby soft, supple complexion and tell me that smoking is bad. <laughs> that guy's an advertisement for ant for non smoking if I've ever seen one. He looks like a, he looks like the inside of a like burnt out lung. Dude, he looks like a leathery like suitcase. <laughs> well, the rare instance when he wasn't crying, he was kind of uh, forthright in saying, you know, it's a legal product. I can smoke if I want. And I, I, I was, would, I would like to see him cry about smoking. That would be a good one. And once it becomes illegal, you'll start it so crying. Much. You're so so good. I love a cigarette. <laughs> well, what what I find fascinating about this law in New York City banning smoking in public places is who's going to enforce it? Apparently, not the uh, the New York City Police Department, not the Jolly Coppers. <laughs> yeah, NYPD isn't going to be isn't going to be enforcing this. I bet you everybody on NYPD smokes anyways, so they'll be smoking while they bust you, if they were to bust you, which they won't. Well, he says the smoking ban will be enforced by the Parks Department, which will have the authority to dole out quality-of-life summonses to offenders. So you get a like quality-of-life ticket. the Bear is going to come over? <laughs> <laughs> Such tickets usually carry a maximum $100 penalty and cover municipal offenses like panhandling and public urination. So now it's oh like yeah, there, there's no there's nobody publicly urinating or panhandling in New York. They really got that that problem under control. So I really do think they should be moving on to other things. I, you know what I find funny is I think there's some crackheads out there that could do all three at the same time: smoke, panhandle, and urinate in public. I don't know the trifecta. <clears throat> um, Councilwoman here, Gail Brewer, said that the ban isn't intended to be a legally punitive program. She said the city expects the law will be primarily self-enforced, with residents warning anyone who lights a cigarette in a park or on a beach that it's illegal. Police will not be responsible for enforcing it. Wackley, what would you say if you're, if you're uh, you know, uh, at the beach with your friends, drinking a beer, light up a cigarette, and some uh, middle-aged you know, suburban housewife comes up to you and says, what you're doing is illegal, you're killing my children, put that cigarette out. I'd put it out, to be honest with you, and I, and I probably wouldn't be smoking to begin with. I mean, I'm very aware of the social stigma. I mean, what 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 what, what would happen with me is I wouldn't, I just wouldn't go to the beach. So okay, I mean, you're not going. I, I don't chain you're smoke. You're not going to go out twenty four hours a day, anyways. Are you saying if I were a chain smoker, is that the the experiment I'm supposed to be trying? I'm just to saying, do if you're a smoker as you are, like let's say you're in Golden Gate Park and you're at a barbecue. A birthday yeah. party barbecue and you're having a cigarette okay. and some some concerned parent comes over to you and is like, oh, you know, this is a public place. You're not allowed to smoke here. Yeah. I mean, every time I've ever been in Golden Gate Park at a barbecue, the closest group of people has been, you know, 300 feet away. And in that situation, if I was smoking and some woman came over and said something, I think I would just say, really, lady? Really? Do you want to escalate this? Because I'm not putting it out. And by the time you get somebody over here, it will be out. So have at it. I, I, I think that'd I would definitely finish it before flicking it at her child. But um, well, then that's assault. I mean, do you really <laughs> want to go there? See, I just that's, think... that's not Rosa. That's not Rosa Parks like at all. You're supposed to be nonviolent. Well, th- but a New Yorker though. This is like the city of just uh, you know. Did they say it's like the most obnoxious, cruel city in the world? It's I like think a, that's a self-applied moniker. I think that's like this. That, that's part of their whole edgy look that they try hard. and think of themselves. They're New Yorkers. Having. They're not that hard. I think there's some. There's the old guard, right? Those dudes are hard. The people who you know 
yeah, they're probably in the mob. The Sopranos. I think all those people. Well, The Sopranos was in New Jersey, if you'll remember the show correctly. All right. Well, I believe sure... that New Jersey is still edgy, and those people are, you know, aggressive and mean. But I think people in New York City are not. I just want to know what's happened to New York City. I think it's fallen, in my opinion, it's fallen off the pedestal as being the edgiest, coolest city in the world. Well, this is what happens when you allow your city to become, and I don't think you can Homogenized. stop it without. Well, yeah, you can't stop it without passing a whole other group of bullshit laws. But when a city becomes that expensive to live in, you, the rich people move there, and rich people don't like to put up with shit. They let you know they they're gonna uh, pass laws to keep people in line. I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping that the. Uh, I'm just hoping New York doesn't become like Santa Monica. That's all I'm saying. And it it really saddened me to read this. Well, it'll never be. It'll always have shitty weather going for it, which Santa Monica doesn't have. <laughs> well, people, this is episode 267 here, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show, episode 266. We did three stories, three formidable stories, actually. Um, United States poop spitter was number one. Number two was pomp goes the liver. And uh, number three was a story about Brazilian prison justice. Story that won episode 266 was, drumroll please, Number two, pomp goes liver, and the liver goes pomp. Apparently, yeah. that was one of the worst uh, child abuse stories that um, people have heard. And, I don't think uh, people liked the parental figures in that story. They're very unlikable. Yeah, I don't think any of the characters really were relatable in any way, other than well, the, the little kid was well, the little kid's <laughs> liver squashed like a bug. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations, there, listener number two. You won episode two sixty six. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wanker and I present the most disturbing news items of the week. The audience votes, and the winner does get a sick and wrong care package. And people, you can get your sick and wrong care package. You got to claim it though. So, email sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com, and I will send you some sick and wrong, wrong shit. Believe me, I'm not lying about that. You um, must have a good, good friends in the post office. Like they just see the packages every week. Oh, another sick and wrong prize! Hey, going out to the the listeners of this fine show. No, usually I get a heavy handed sigh when they come in because they're like, "Oh, great! Now I have six <laughs> packages going to the UK, and I got to deal with all the uh, the the customs forms." They ever yeah. spit poop in your face? No, but I'm but that's why it's because I'm like really just very gregarious and, and very yeah. like accommodating. Anything that they need. I will do it. I'll fill out any form. I just do not want feces being spat into my face. Uh, That's why you're such a good host. Yeah. Your gregarious properties. That's, uh, well, I I, I try. (laughs) Um, Well, people, before we get to the show, the, uh, uh, people, before we get to the stories here for episode 267, quick word from our sponsor, audible.com. You know, Wankley, you did mention to me that you were reading a book before we started the show. Yeah. Why are you reading a book? Don't don't tell my to secrets to the, to the audience that I read. I know. I'm just saying it's like a, we come across kind of as hypocritical when you're saying that you read. You actually take the time to sit and read a book when you could listen to a book. Don't tell the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go buy you the Audible version so you can listen to it. Your birthday's you know, coming up. I won't want to get into it too much, but the book that I'm reading is told in the voice of a child, so that might get hard to listen to. I think it makes it more authentic. An Although authentic if it was like Sherry experience. Lewis, an adult doing a fake child voice, maybe that would work. 
Yeah, it might be. Uh, people, go to audible.com. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcast you listen to right now. There's over 75,000 titles to choose from. And uh, you get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. So just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. And uh, yeah, get yourself a uh, free audiobook. Uh, Wackerly, yeah. I think you should probably do that after the show. Well, uh, we received a number of stories here. Some good ones, actually, for episode 267. So why don't I kick off the show with my first listener submission? Uh, this story was sent in by Mac. Mac says, well, apparently meth isn't the best marriage counselor. You know, uh, Mac's a very perceptive individual. Really? Because I, I was going to append contrary to popular belief to that statement. Well, there, didn't, didn't at one point they used to use ecstasy? For like a marital aid, that I could see, I could buy that. In, so as I, a concept. So I think um, what what Max implying here is meth does not a good marital aid make. There's got to be an upper limit on the ecstasy as a marital aid, though, because I can't really see like, my parents taking ecstasy and like putting pacifiers in and spinning glow sticks around. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what am I? Who am I to say? And listening got to the problem, same I'm techno not, beat I'm, over and over again. It's so cool, dude. So repetitive. <laughs> so uh, this story, actually, I think... We're going to um, be over in the uh, chill-out room uh, swapping spit, son. <laughs> See you later. I Whoa. think in, uh, in, in most relationships where meth is involved, I think this, this story might be a form of foreplay. But uh, you oh, can make okay. your, own, your own judgment call here. Woman survives a wild ride clinging to the hood of her husband's car. Uh, Christopher Carroll drove 100 miles per hour for 35 miles as his wife clung to the windshield. Wow. That's some, like, 80s action hero type of shit. That's TJ Hooker. Totally. That's Chuck Norris. I mean, geez, <laughs> People don't a... ride hoods in cars that are in movies anymore. No, they really don't. Like, uh, you does know Jason what? Statham do it? Or you... How do you say his name? Statham, Statham. or Statham? I bet Statham. you he does it every now and then. I but I don't think he does clip. it... I don't think he does it with the, the gusto of, like, Fred Dreyer from Hunter. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, back then in the day, of the, or, like, uh, the Fall Guy, what was that dude's name? Uh, Lee Majors. You know what I'm talking about. Lee Majors. They would be riding the hood for, like, half of the episode and having conversations with the on bad guy. On the hood, guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. but, I mean, like, a huge part of the narrative would take place on the hood. There would be at least an act in three quarters would be on the hood. <laughs> What I always, what I even, even and as a they child, to, they would go to commercial and come back, still and on the hood, still be on the hood. Like you didn't know really what happened. You just assumed that, just like, oh, that must have been a flat, boring part, and he just was kept hanging on. And now we're back. Well, I've seen episodes of Dukes of Hazard that were completely on the hood. Like there were never any off the hood moments. No. And, but Although you didn't see Boss Hog riding the hood, that would be very. You wouldn't be able to see the road if he was riding your hood because he's so fat. Well, what I always wondered, even when I was a kid, is why jump on the hood? You're not going to take out the car. What are you going to do on the hood? Because you can get your fingers underneath the well, depending on what kind of car it is, the top or the hinge of the hood. Because some some hoods open reverse towards the windshield, and some open towards the grill. Either way, though, you can get your fingers in between 
the windscreen, as our UK listeners might call it, or the windshield, as our American listeners would call it. And like you know, the gap where the where the the windshield wipers, the windscreen wipers. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Sit. What's the goal here? Are you going to stop the car because you're hanging onto the on the on the hood? You're hanging on for dear life. The guy's not going to get away if you're there on the hood. He just has to Although slam he might on the brakes. Your, he'll just stop. Stop. <laughs> well, or he doesn't even have to do that. You can just stop once he's out in the middle of nowhere and blow your brains out. Well, this woman was trying to stop her husband, Christopher Carroll here, 36 years old, uh, coincidentally the same age as both me and you. Not Um, for another two days, you old fuck. (laughs) The woman was trying to stop her husband from driving while he was allegedly in the middle of a drug binge that that included methamphetamines. Uh, In an effort to stop him from pulling out the driveway of their Manteca, California home, Ooh, she, that's she, a good. That's a good area of California, Manteca. Yeah, I bet you a lot of meth is over there. You uh, bet. She, <laughs> I'm, nobody's gonna take that bet against you. She jumped. I'll, on I'll the go hood. over. I'll go over. How much? How many? What percentage of the population do you think is on meth? And I will. I will. I will up it by five percent and bet you a forty of Mickey's. Do you think more people smoke meth or cigarettes in public in Manteca? Oh wait, that's can. I bet you they. The cigarette smoking, the meth is within 5% of the cigarette smoking rate. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty close. A lot of meth. So she That's jumped what I'm trying on, to say here, people. So she jumped on the hood, and as he backed up, she was throwing, and her foot became stuck on the vehicle's side mirror. Quote, unquote, I was holding on literally by the tips of my fingers and my ankles. Now, I know it was the stupidest thing in my life I've ever done, but I jumped on the hood of the van. He backed out quickly. When he did that, I got uh, stuck on the car. <laughs> like a bug. <laughs> uh, yeah. The woman is a victim of domestic abuse. Um, she was able to Before look this. her husband in the eye through the windshield as he drove at speeds up to 100 miles per hour along the highway heading towards San Francisco. Now, that's a look that has meaning. I mean, you'd think that would repair their 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 you know their marital strife. It's so how like, do you do the how do you do the math here? He drove thirty five miles at a hundred miles an hour with so his wife staring him at him through the windshield. Like, so how long does that take you? I can't do math in my head anymore. I need the calculator. Hundred miles time. You have to divide it by thirty three. 35, 33. Well, how, how do you know how far away Manteca is from San Francisco? I think it took him like 20 minutes. So that's 20 minutes of, it doesn't matter how far. You said he drove 100 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, for 35 miles. For 35 miles. miles. Yeah. So I think it's about 20 minutes of him staring at his wife through the windshield. And what did, is she like scowling at him? She's swearing at him for a little bit. I think she's just point, nagging. <laughs> But at what point does she just start looking at him with, like, just exasperation? Like, are you going to stop now? (laughs) I've been on the hood for 20 minutes. And then, you know, how often does he spray the windshield wiper fluid to hit her in the face and that sort of thing? She says, he looked crazy. That man that was driving was not my husband. He was taken over by the meth. I think he had transformed at that point into the meth lord, you know? You're that meth right. monster. Yeah. It's not even the same person anymore. No, it really isn't. It's a hell so, of a drug. Yeah, I mean, it, he probably could have gone on longer than, like, uh, you know, just even 20 minutes. He ran into the ocean is what happened. 
Yeah, but meth lord could probably go through the ocean, all the way out on like uh, in China. Well, I don't think he has. He's not Aquaman. <laughs> you never know what the power of meth can do. I, uh, I, I have a pretty good idea of the limitations. <laughs> trust me. Police received three nine one one calls about the incident. I would have loved to have heard those calls. Um, from other people on the road seeing them drive by, or for, was the woman was she pulling an advanced hood riding maneuver? where she's on the hood, and with one hand she has her cell phone out. Because that's something T.J. Hooker could pull off. He'd have his, his radio back to, you know... Uh, but cell phones were so much name? bigger back then. Well, he didn't even have a cell phone. It was a, it was a police radio. But what was, Heather Locklear was his partner back at the station house, and he would be calling her for backup and reporting his location. Hopefully yeah, he could, so, he could ascertain I mean, where he was. Well, then, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know if she was actually pulling off the one-arm thing, but she might have been doing a couple tricks, maybe standing up on one arm, kicking out the leg, quick little hood ollie or something. Maybe she had her Bluetooth earpiece in, so yeah. she didn't need both of her. She it was hands-free. Well, um, he slowly pulled over near Pleasanton, and the woman lost her grip and rolled off the hood. Another driver who was following the van picked her up and took her to a hospital. She was only slightly scraped and bruised. Not too bad. Uh, cops eventually caught up to Carol back at the homestead where he had acted like nothing had happened. Just another ordinary Wait, his Saturday. His name is Carol? Uh, no, Christopher Carroll. Oh. Um, he was just sitting there watching TV. You know, my name is Earl, drinking a beer. It's like, what are you talking about? Who's on the hood? He was just high as fuck. Exactly. He was arrested, charged with kidnapping, attempted murder, and spousal abuse. In a brief interview with... Uh, with I mean, uh, not, he, what about, like, reckless driving? They yeah, I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't throw that in there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to drive with a large obstruction in your in your path of view. Yeah, and I, well, I don't think you're supposed to drive with someone attached to the hood. It's a gray area. Well, police said that they had picked him up one day before this incident. During this drug binge, he had barricaded himself inside a dumpster. He remained there for over an hour, drinking contaminated water from the floor of the dumpster and threatening to drown himself in the five inches of water. So he was there for about an hour before negotiators could talk him out. He was arrested on a drug charge and released. So Why can't the cops just shake the shit out of the dumpster at that point? This, this is what I'm talking about. Too many regulations on what people can do. I mean, why not just tip it over? Why not throw some tear gas in there? That too. That's going to get him out. Just t- can't you just tase the dumpster since it's metal and the electric shock will run through to his body? Yeah, I'm surprised. I, you know, I, you'd think that there's so many things you could do to the guy. There might be another homeless person sleeping in the dumpster, though, that would feel the bad effects. Like, hey, I'm sleeping in here too. I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> what do you think dumpster water tastes like? Pleasant. It probably tastes better than oh, meth. Oh, sorry, I mean unpleasant. <laughs> it probably tastes better than meth. So on the sick and wrong star scale, you, it doesn't help a marriage to drive with your wife on the hood of your yeah. car at 100 miles per hour. Right. But she didn't die. Um, apparently no. he's a good driver under the influence. I'm going to give this four stars. I can't. I can't stop thinking about the the dumpster water. <laughs> <laughs> dumpster water does not taste good, but on meth it does. <laughs> meth, not even once. That's a good. I like that meme. Have I you like seen that. it? Yeah, meth. Yeah, that's a good. Meme. Not even once. No, 
Uh, am I supposed to score this? Oh, uh, four. Four? All right. Yeah, because I'm on that road all the time, and I would be very disturbed if I saw a meth head driving down that highway with his wife on the hood. The question you know, is, would you have called 911? No, I would be taking pictures of my cell phone and being like, oh my God, I'm going to have the best story for the podcast this week. That should be great. What do you have for episode uh, 267 there, Wacker? This was sent in by TJ from Wisconsin, and he says, this sounds like a good story for the show. Peace out. TJ. TJ. What does that stand uh, for? Like Thomas James? Tara Jackson? I don't know. It might not even be a guy. Hmm. Thomas Jane is the guy's name who's in Hung, by the way. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I, I <laughs> didn't know that, actually. You ever seen that show? No. Wait, that's the guy, that's the guy, the porn star guy, right, in Detroit? No, no, he's a teacher and he has a big cock, so he, to get some extra money. He's a gigolo. He's a gigolo. Yeah. There's a lot of good Detroit footage in that show. It's it's interesting to watch. The first season's good. Uh, This is from News, well, the, it's reported in New Zealand and there are New Zealand links, but I think maybe this, the, the goings-on happened in Melbourne, Australia. David, now don't laugh when I say this, okay? David Creamer's obsession with sex meant he enjoyed the company of two wives and a long line of mistresses. <laughs> Mr. Creamer's obsession led to him constantly, uh, led him to constantly nag his wife Eileen, Eileen Creamer, to have sex with other men in front of him. An idea she despised. So Creamer In the end in the hang on, hang on. I want to get right, back I'm, to this. I'm confused I definitely will come back. But in the end, it was a fight about her husband's nagging that led to Creamer demonstrating just how repulsive she found the idea. Well Do you understand this sexual fetish? Okay, wait a second. So she was repulsed that he that Creamer wanted to cream while she was getting creamed on by another guy. In. <laughs> okay, wait. So he wanted to cream on himself, <laughs> his hand or something, or tissue. Well, she was getting creamed in by another guy. You had it pretty close. Yeah. Okay, all right. But there's a lot of creaming going on. Two parts cream, one part receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood this fetish that people do. Some dudes want to see their wives or girlfriends fucked by another man. This is a cuckold fetish. It makes perfect sense. I've heard it put it that way, and I and I understand what that means. But like I said, I've never felt like that. I don't think this guy wants to be a cuckold because he he has two mistresses and an ex-wife that he still fucks. Also, so it's not. It doesn't seem like he's trying to be humiliated because he's getting more ass than his wife is, and she doesn't even want it. Like he just likes guess... sex so much that he wants to. I mean, I think sometimes it's a pornography addiction more than being cuckolded. Like, you get off so much on watching people being fucked that you want to see your wife, you want to watch your wife get fucked more than you want to fuck her. It doesn't really have to do with being cuckolded. Although I do understand that some dudes are into that aspect as well. Well, I think some guys are, I don't think cuckolding necessarily implies humiliation. I think cuckolding is, when you're, you can be cuckolded, by by watching a guy having sex with your wife, that that means you're being cuckolded. No, it, no, no, no. You're you're off base. It definitely ha it's a it's a pejorative term. 
But I thought that's what they were saying. It's, it's like you're into cuckolding. It's like you're just a guy that likes to see your wife get fucked by other guys. Well, if you, I mean, if you're in a, what do they call that? Plurality or uh, not monogamy, but the other thing like uh, not not. I don't want to get into Mormon shit, but uh, oh, you know, open marriages. I don't think you would call those dudes cuckolds. Like, no, I just my we my wife and I allow each other to have sex with whoever we want. So you're saying it's only if if you're being humiliated by it that means you're being cuckolded. To me, connotes being humiliated and, and it happening sort of against your will. Yeah, I okay, definitely so, think that term is has that meaning behind it. And some dudes, I I do acknowledge that some dudes are into the humiliation part of it. Yeah, I think some some people get off on being humili- humiliated by the the act of another man fucking their wife. Um, right. I, I think they maybe this guy, yeah, was just like uh, definitely a sex addict, and he just was like, I'm so into sex, I want to see my wife getting fucked by somebody else. Maybe they maybe want to do like a threesome kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe he's easing her into it. Sounds like he wanted a wobbly H, and she was not down. <laughs> so he's trying to get her to, what do you call that, a wobbly L? <laughs> I don't know, just a one-sided H. A small, lowercase H. And then you yeah. go to the bigger, uppercase H. All right, I'm going to move on. Giving evidence earlier in the trial, because now Mrs. Creamer, Eileen, is on trial, Creamer described killing her husband. She said Mr. Creamer became angry when she refused to have sex with other men in front of him. Mr. Creamer, and this is the article saying this, is a colored South African. Hmm. And he he called her he called her, his wife, a half caste white bastard. That makes no sense and then he, at all. And then he hit her with a tribal stick. Whatever that is. Do all South like, African uh, coloreds carry tribal sticks? I don't know. You're from there. Do you have one? I'm not colored. You're, you have sort you have sort of a pinkish color, a pinkish hue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, but I I never got the tribal stick. All right, you have no tribal stick. It's too bad. Do you feel like less of a man without a tribal stick? Um, sometimes, sometimes I do feel like less <laughs> of a man without my tribal stick. But I don't know. And there 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 are other sticks I could go get. But I just wonder. It's like so. This guy. He was upset with his wife, got in an argument. He just busted out the tribal stick and smacked her in the head. Is that what it's for, smacking your wife around? Well, it also has other uses. Listen to this. After she gets hit with the tribal stick, I just lost all my control and I just hit him. So she hits him with the tribal stick. I think it's just for hitting all around in the marriage. Maybe a tribal stick's the marital aid. Better than meth. Well, it didn't aid too well because then she went on to stab him in the abdomen with a knife that had been on the bedside table, which pretty much means they're cutting up rocks before bedtime, right? Who has a knife by their bed? Is it a tribal knife? It doesn't say. It just has a knife. <laughs> I think it's a coke knife. Well, I don't think that's a marital aid. Sounds like that's a a good way to end a marriage. Well, no, because Mr. Creamer died on the floor of the couple's and tell me this, Mr. South African, on the floor of the couple's Mo unit, and this is spelled capital M-O-E unit. I looked it up on Google, learned nothing. Is it a type of apartment or something? A I have no unit? idea, but th- I thought he said this is an Australian article. This happened like in the land of Oz. He has a he has, one of his mistresses lives in Melbourne, or his ex-wife lives in Melbourne. In a Mo He's originally unit from. In- He's originally from New Zealand and, or no, he's originally from South Africa 
I don't know what's going on. Sorry, I'm trying to explain it, but I, I can't follow this. Yeah, you All know, those three I have countries no idea. are involved. All yeah, it's probably some fucked up Australian term for like a, an apartment. Yeah. Or maybe uh, a motel, I don't know, and they just don't want to say tell, they just want to say mo. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe motel, yeah, you're right. So he he died lying besides, uh, beside a heavily bloodied bed, and this happened back in February 2008, although she's just in court now. She says that she was scared. David was so angry. When he said he was going to finish me off, I was scared for my life, Mrs. Creamer said. Jurors also heard that Creamer still loved her husband and was devastated by what she had done. Maybe he didn't say finish me off. He was just going to say, I'm going to finish off. (laughs) I don't think he asked to be finished off at all. (laughs) You're interjecting your own fantasy. I just think Creamer wanted to cream on something, and she was preventing the cream from coming out. With a name like Creamer, you got to be creaming at all times. There's a lot of creaming going on if your name Creamer. That's all I got to say. At some point in history, his ancestors made cream <laughs> for a living. And now he just makes cream for a pastime. So she's arrested for his murder. Oh, yeah. But um, so he's, he had a mistress in Melbourne and was also talking about moving back to South Africa to be with his first wife. Uh, Mr. Creamer also had a long-term mistress when the Creamers lived in New Zealand a few years before his death. Mrs. Creamer sent the Melbourne lover an abusive mail. Uh, not an email, an actual mail, as you'll find out in a second, because it includes, included a used condom and a note that said the lover was not good enough for him. The jury heard. They've she sounds a bit of an utter herself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to be with a guy like Mr. Creamer, David Creamer, you got to be a little touched. She's been convicted of, let me find it, uh, I think it's like justifiable homicide, although now I can't locate it in the article. So they're, they're saying it is homicide. Oh, defensive ho- homicide. Homicide in the defense of her. She, she was frightened. He said he was going to rip her head off or something like that. Finish her off. You know, I don't understand. Why would she be so opposed to it? He's basically saying, hey, I want you to have sex with another dude. You can go get laid by another guy. Like, if, if your girl, long-term girlfriend or wife was like, you know what, I just want you to go have sex with some other chick. I'll even get the chick for you, and you can just bang her, but I might just watch. You cool with that? Yeah. Wouldn't you be like, all right, that sounds sweet. Right, right. But you understand that men and women are different, right? I do, but I'm just surprised that this woman would, would, I know would your be so opposed. I time with that concept. <laughs> no, but I'm just surprised that she'd be so vehemently opposed. Enough to the point well, where she's going to stab the guy. Like, women don't like... I mean, okay. Now I'm going to get tons of hate mail. Like, I love... You know, Christina is going to call in and be like, I love fucking everything in sight. But I think the majority of women like, you know, long-term intimate type sex, not random, uh, freaky, strange sex. There goes like, Wackerly. Men, 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 lo- men love random, freaky, strange sex. It's the best. There goes Wackerly pissing off all the sex-positive females out there. I, I'm saying I'm statistically, okay? I have no problem with either viewpoint. I'm just saying this woman, the reason she probably had a problem with it is because she's on the side of the fence that likes the long-term, intimate, cuddling, protective, you know, type of sex. Believe me. Which, I... which, which, and believe me, I fucking hate that kind of sex. It's boring and it's depressing to me. But I don't understand how a guy can come off, and we were just talking about this a second ago, but I don't understand how a guy can come off being like, you know what's going to really give me a boner is watching another dude just 
full on just tagging my wife. I, I, I just what what gets you off about that? Seeing some dudes cocking balls like deep inside your woman's love wallet. I don't I don't get that. That's not a that's not erotic to me. I don't get it either. I mean, I can see maybe it, it just comes from like a, a boredom with normal sexuality or something, but it seems like there's so much other shit you could explore before getting there, and it seems like a lot of dudes go right to that spot. Well, a quick aside before I score the story here, um, I remember you remember Holly, friend of the show, used to be on every now and then. I uh, worked in porn. Of course, I remember Holly. So Holly had a client, I guess I'd call him. It was like some fat guy that she used to dominate, and he'd pay her a ton of money just to do nothing except for spit on him and like call him fat ass or whatever. But this dude was like really wealthy. I would do that for free for that guy. <laughs> well, this dude was wealthy and had a lot of money, and he was married to this girl that was like 28 or something. Obviously, way more attractive, and she was just with him for the money. Anyway, he would pressure this girl, and he kept talking to Holly about it, that he really wanted to see her have sex with a guy in front of her. He was married to the girl or they were just dating? They're married. Like he had been married for a few years and he was like, it's my fantasy to see her getting boned by two black guys and I just really want to see this. And I think he was into the cuckolding fetish where he wanted to be humiliated. Well, we've already established that he likes to be dominated. So that's, you know, part of it. Yeah. And I think he wanted to see... He's a submissive. Yeah, exactly. But I think at the same time he was getting off on being humiliated by some guys with much bigger... Uh, Dixon he has that are just completely just annihilating his wife in front of him. So anyway, he like pressed on, pressed on, pressed on. Finally, she relented. She was like, okay, let's do this. She picked up some dude from the bar, came back, and yeah, he like, you know, watched her just being boned by this black guy. Well, he created this monster. She loved it. Seemed like they didn't even have normal sex anymore. And then it got to the point where she was like, it's going to get me off if you... Eat my cream pie. Basically, eat this this other man's semen out of my vagina is the only way I'm going to get off. So the dude started calling Holly, saying, "I don't know what to do." Now she's now she's trying to make me like <laughs> eat, eat eat my eat the cream pie from some other man's semen. It's just too much for me. How do I go back to the way it was? And Holly was like, "I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> you created this monster." Right. Here's a link to Pandora's box on Wikipedia. Why don't you read it? Yeah. Because now this now his wife has the best. She she can have random sex with random dudes, and she has this wealthy husband who condones it, who forced her into it. I mean, she's in a, in the catbird seat, as they called it. If you're really old, <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Lyndon Johnson say in the catbird yeah. seat. <laughs> oh, I'm in the catbird seat. I'm in the cut. I'm not seat. Lyndon Johnson, though. I'm I'm Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Did you? What do, what do you think? No, Franklin that... Delano Roosevelt and my my wife Eleanor is fucking a black man, <laughs> and I don't like it anymore. What do you think? <laughs> but FDR... I can't do anything about it because I was the one who encouraged her, and I'm in this damn wheelchair because of this damn polio. <laughs> I'm confined. And the to blacks this don't even have the vote yet. <laughs> I'm not going to eat wife. your cream pie. <laughs> he doesn't sound British. He has an upper crust New England accent. Yeah, well, I was doing Winston Churchill, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, he also had the same problem. <laughs> he hated cream pie. These North African not like bastards are fucking my wife, and I started it all. 
It's a day that will live in infamy when I told her to fuck those black African men. <laughs> bloody, bloody hell. That's why I drink so much. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. And uh, male listeners here, especially the married male listeners, take this as a warning. You never know what might happen when you open Pandora's box. Yeah, I'm not going to, if you're really into it, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. But just know what you could be creating. So in that in that in that light, I'm gonna have to give this a three point seven five because I kind of feel like this guy created this monster himself. Well, he's dead now. You you remember that, right? Oh yeah, he did. Didn't <laughs> Don't he? forget he did that he die. got stabbed in the stomach. Didn't he did get stabbed it's in the stomach, covered in blood. Up. And his crazy nutter wife merely used condom to his mistress in South Africa. You know what? I'm gonna up that score to four point two five. Okay. I'm giving it four and a half. Because he did deserve it a little bit. He sounded like a complete dick. Yeah, no. He, well, he sounded like he wanted to, to acquire some more dicks. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was trying to get her to pawn her off on another dude so he could go back to his ex wife. I'm kind of thinking that. Yeah, I, th- I think there was some manipulation going on there. So Definitely. Manipulative well, bastard. The third story here uh, was sent in by Mike. Mike writes, Hey guys, I'm a long-time listener. Love the show. Check out this link. Not the sickest story you've ever read. I just love how you Yanks love to exaggerate everything. And the quote that he's mentioning here is uh, that he includes is, This is food terrorism by mice. Only a Yank would say that. Keep it sick. Keep it real. Mike. I do kind of agree with him, though. I think the uh, the reporter here, the Yank reporter, did exaggerate a bit when he used the quote, this is food terrorism by mice. But let's get into it. U.S. man accused of pizzeria mouse sabotage attempt. Mouse sabotage. Sounds like a board game. Police said the mice found in the bag concealed in the pizzeria had been purchased at a pet shop. A pizzeria own- owner in Pennsylvania sought to sabotage competing pizzerias by infesting them with mice. Nicholas Galiatsos, or Galifianakis, I can't even say his last name. Yeah, that sounds Greek. Yeah. Which I'm, doesn't surprise me. Like, I think a lot, a lot of Greek people own restaurants. So, Yeah, but he should be Italian if he's making pizza. I um, don't know. Isn't, isn't pizza not really Italian? Isn't it maybe kind of Greek anyways, or even American to begin with? I thought, I thought, all, the, uh, I thought all the Italians ate pizza. Isn't, now isn't, they do, but I don't know if it started there. I mean, I, I could talk about pizza all day if you really want to. But maybe <laughs> we should move on. No, we, we got some important business to take care of. Uh, Nicholas has been charged with animal cruelty and several other offenses in uh, Upper Darby, which is near Philadelphia. He was arrested after officers found a man had stuffed a sack containing live mice into the space above a ceiling panel in a pizzeria bathroom. Uh, the investigator said that uh, Mr. Galiatsatos had been grappling with a mouse problem in his own shop. Uh, they said they've never seen anything like this where mice have been used as an instrument of crime. Apparently, <laughs> crime. Apparently, they haven't seen uh, uh, that movie with Crispin Glover. Willard? Willard. Isn't that what he did? He commanded the mice yeah. to commit crimes? Yes, he did. This guy is kind of like oh, that's, the... That's make-believe, though. Yeah, but this guy's kind of like the, uh, you know, um, Pizzeria Willard. King of the Mice, yeah. King of the Mice. Was, his, was, was Crispin Glover named Willard, or was the very large rat named Willard? 
I think Christopher. I, forget. I thought Christopher Glover's name. I mean, it's been a long time since I've I seen think that maybe movie. Maybe the the head of the rats, who he was like, you know, really in control of, that all the other rats followed. I think the rat might have been named Willard. Didn't Michael Jackson sing to like a gerbil or something before he like you know did the deed? Like he sang the gerbil up the kid's ass. Yeah, I, I thought he sang that song called like you know Ben, be careful. You know, before you go inside the the <laughs> anal <laughs> cavity, <laughs> isn't that what the song's about? I thought it was smooth criminal. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was a smooth criminal. criminal. That's for sure. Uh, the you, know, you want if you're gonna pick a hamster to go up your own ass, you want it to be smooth. <laughs> you don't want to get a porcupine by mistake because you'll yeah. get it in, but you won't get it out. Don't use a hedgehog. <laughs> Wackily speaking from experience. Um, Upper Darby Police Superintendent Michael Clint Chitwood said, This is food terrorism by mice. What the fuck does that mean? Food terrorism by mice. I would call it corporate espionage. Because really it's a competing... A com- a competing. He's trying to, it's it's bit- corporate sabotage. There you go. He's trying to yeah, say... Espionage, and espionage would be having the mice find this recipe for the secret sauce and bring it back to you but you're right it's corporate sabotage i think food terrorism would be like me force feeding a twinkie to like one of the olsen sisters on camera until the u.s meets your demands totally that's food terrorism i just don't see i think this is misquoted if you ask me but i don't know well Used out of context. I think it's misspoken. Yeah, he used out of context. So according to local media reports, a man walked into the Verona Pizzeria in the suburban town near Philadelphia, and he asked to use the bathroom. The owner then saw footprints on the toilet and noticed that a ceiling panel had been disturbed. Above the panel, the owner found a bag, fearing that the bag contained drugs. Well, he didn't look Fearing. into the bag. Hoping, hoping. <laughs> he God, turned it. There's some good drugs in here. He turned it over to two police officers who happened to be eating lunch there. In the bag, there were three white mice. Police then watched the same man walk across the street to Uncle Nick's Pizza, dropping a bag into the garbage can there. And in that bag, they found five live mice and one dead one. <laughs> um, police said the mice had been purchased from a pet store. So, yeah, his plan was to sabotage all the other pizzerias. You know what? I think most people who eat at a pizzeria would, would, would be undeterred by seeing a mouse in there. Like some of these pizzerias. You know, like a, a dirty, dilapidated Philadelphia pizzeria. I think they'd be like, yeah, there's mice in here all the time. Who cares? I bet you it's the fucking best pizza ever, though. That's the thing. I think if, if you, if you, if the you found that... The best pizza comes from some of the dirtiest places. If you found that pizzeria that made the most amazing orgasmic pizza slice, if there's a little mouse running around, would you be deterred? Would you say, well, I did see a mouse in there one time. I would check my slice for turds. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> but let's, can I go back a Those little bit? Those are anchovies. I don't know if you ever, I think about this a lot. If I own a business, not a podcrafting business, but a business that deals with consumers, <laughs> retail consumers. We have consumers. Nobody's using my fucking bathroom unless you buy something. So when this dude comes in with his bag of mice, I'm like, you might have a bag of mice and you might want to put them in my bathroom and I might let you, but you're going to buy a fucking calzone first. <laughs> so you're going to get the fuck out. It's not a public bathroom for paying customers only. And I'm going to have the giant 
boat anchor just attached to that key to the bathroom <laughs> they have to drag over there and like let's see you do that with a bag of mice i think what i would do if i owned a i would do the same thing i'd be like you gotta buy a calzone and are you going number one or number two Oh, there's no number twos. There's no paper in my bathroom. I would not I mean, allow my number personal, two. I have my personal role that I take in there and I have to shit, but there's no customers aren't shitting in my toilet. I do not want the public shitting in that bathroom. That's that's all I got to say. But women need to use toilet paper, too. Hmm. I never I understood that. that. I never no, understood. I, they could shake it. Yeah, exactly. They can do a little waddle. It pisses me off. Like, uh, you know, the girls I've lived with in my past, it's like they don't they, they go through like a one roll of toilet paper in two days. It's like whoa, oh, one in two days. How about two in one day? I don't understand what you they're bet, using you it, it for. You've had it lucky. Yeah, but I don't get what, what are they using it for? It's just like, you know, what a little bit of piss in your panties. Who cares? I don't know. It's in there anyways, because I go down and I'm like, there's a yellow spot right there. Just give it a little waddle. It'll shake off. No, I don't get it. They like I, to be very dry. I don't know. That's one thing I've learned about women is that they love dryness. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, <laughs> like every time I try and fuck one, it's so dry. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, it's kind of disgusting that uh, you'd be eating somewhere. And I guess, I mean, you probably wouldn't care if the pizza was that good. But I mean, maybe it's the first time you're in a pizza place. You're about to order a slice and all of a sudden six mice run by. I think that's kind of uh, shocking. But the fact that someone would be so nefarious as to sabotage his competition by getting mice and, th- and hiding them in the building. It's creative. You got to give them that. I'm going to give that 4.5. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. I, I've heard that a pizza place is like the cheapest type of business to open up. Because you only got like... Yeah, what's the overhead? Well, you've only got like three or four ingredients to get started. You know, just have cheese and maybe like sausage pizza or something, and that's it. You can get to the more exotic stuff later. And, uh, you know, a pizza oven, that's the overhead. That's probably the most expensive thing. And then you got to pay rent. Yeah, so which isn't too bad, you gotta, though. With, set, which, with a business that has such a cheap, low barrier to entry, you got to fight tooth and nail. So maybe this is what you got to do to get ahead, you know? So, wait, you, you, you have to engage in this type of uh, underhanded activities? In a densely packed marketplace, like, was this Philadelphia or Western Pennsylvania? Philly. This is Philly. Oh, Philly. I then thought they ate cheesesteaks cheese there anyway. You got to compete with the cheesesteak places. See, you, what, you got, you got, people are just trying to make a buck. It's yeah. a fucking horrible, shitty world out there. And, like, you got to put food on your kid's table. I'd probably be throwing feces in, you know, <laughs> at the other, at, inside the store. <laughs> For me, <laughs> so you're you're saying you agree with this this guy's tactics? I agree with his tactics, but he's still a dick, and I still gave it a three and a half. All right, well, it's uh, well, we'll... a good story. I, li- I like that he put them above the ceiling tiles in the bathroom for some reason. He expect what did he expect? But I don't we know. know the... Did he expect a health inspector to come in? Or <clears throat> like, he did he expect a woman to go into the bathroom and for a mouse to fall on her head? Or into the toilet and die between her legs, which would be even more horrifying. I bet you what he didn't expect was a ratatouille type of scenario. Where the mice actually improve the, the pizza. Yeah, the exactly. Restaurant. The one mouse is just an amazing pizza chef, and I bet you that could have happened. You know, and that he... would be ironic. <laughs> it I'm would pretty be, would confident in saying that that's the true definition of irony, not just coincidental, <laughs> which is what a lot of people make the mistake.
Oh, that's restaurant. Now let's do it twice as good with the the mice and the help and the pizza recipe. Oh shit! It fucked me in the ass. Where, where I did I get wrong? That mouse for my own restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the listening audience has to say. People, go vote. Stickeronpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode two sixty seven. So, Wacker, we got a few phone calls here at the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. And some emails at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Um, uh, before we get to that, though, I almost forgot. Uh, here's a quick word from our sponsor, our other sponsor, adamandeve.com. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. We got a number of phone calls at Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. Here's call number one. Hi, you doing, Dean Lance? Just uh, listening to the last podcast there and how that story about the grandma who smashed a little baby there. It reminded me of a story about my... Smashed a little baby there. That's is this only... guy for real or is this a fake accent? I think this guy's for real. Okay. <laughs> is, is this an Irish accent? Does it sound Irish? Uh, it sounds like Sons of Anarchy Irish, which probably means it sounds fake. Oh, yeah. Well, here, let's see. You know, and I had my little girl, she's, you know, two years old now, and he was telling me, you know, go up, be careful about carrying the kid, because a friend of his was watching his granddaughter, and uh, he was going down the stairs, and he, and he tripped, and the little bloke fucking decided, you know, instead of just, like, guarding the baby, he put all of my weight onto the baby, and a pretty much similar situation happened. Baby was in a body cast for, like, a year and a half. Pretty crazy. Made me a little bit nervous and came my kid around. A little story reminded me of that, so I thought I'd call and tell you, you know. Baby crushing a little bit more common than you think. Possible <laughs> finish for you crazy ones out there. I don't know. I just think a British accent sounds better. All those people from Miami land, they just sound so cool. Damn. I wish I had that. Anyways, take it easy, guys. Bye. I told you. Damn, Wacker, you are perceptive. I totally fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I thought I was like, God, we are talking to a fucking Irish guy. There's a and mic I was about on the say, other end of this phone. I was about to say the I was uh, I was actually hooked in too because I was about to say the fattest Irish person doesn't hold a candle to the, a really fat American. So stepping on the baby becomes less of a point there. But do you think he, the story is real? Yeah. Well, you know, I bet and you. The I accent's bet you, fake. I think he was just adding like a dramatic element to it. He's using dramatic license to make the story, you know, that much more heartfelt. Yeah, a baby was in a cast for a year and a half, and he has to do a fake accent to uh, make it interesting to people. I understand. That. Well, what, I what does a body to. cast look like on a baby? A weeble wobble, like a little starfish. I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. It's like what? What does it look like? I mean, it's just. Is it all plaster of Paris or something? I mean, was it just a plaster yeah. cast? Do you remember what the Eve robot in Wally looked like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see like that. that. She kind of looked like a flashlight. <laughs> is, is that what it looks like? You're did you have an too- erection in the theater throughout that whole movie? It it did remind me of one of my favorite uh, possessions. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, that's why I couldn't argue with Wally there. That you know, movie had a lot of meaning to you, didn't it? Did you did, tell me you cried at that movie? Or no, did Jeffrey cry. 
Oh, somebody cried. I, it, no, it was uh, it was up. The movie up. That's what my brother cried. My brother cried oh, during that movie. Up, sorry. Yeah. What reminded you of, of a flashlight and up that you cried? Nothing. And Wally, she looked like kid? a flashlight and up. It was just uh, up. I was just more annoyed than anything else. But it was what kind of a sad want, movie. What in up did you want to fuck? The dog or the Chinese kid? No, I wanted Not to fuck Wally's man. girlfriend. I didn't want to fuck anything in up. There's nothing you wanted to fuck in up. Well, that bird creature, I did want to fuck that <laughs> thing. Because <laughs> yeah, that thing too. was kind of sexy. That was you know, kind of sexy. It, it was a little sexy in a sort of way. And, and the Chinese kid, too, was sexy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, this does bring up an issue, though. I'm scared, to, I'm scared of infants. I do not like newborns. And I, I don't blame people for not letting their kids near me. I mean, look at me. But I still don't like it for that reason. They're so fucking fragile. I don't want to hold your fucking baby for fear that I might drop it. I might sneeze and drop it or bump its head against a cupboard or something. And the thing's, you know, going to be, it's going to have a bent head for the rest of its life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, that could have been your legacy. I never had any kids of my own, but I uh, bent my friend's kid's head and he still looks Look weird. at his head. Is a, it's, it's like a, it's like a right angle, that head. You know, I did that 20 years ago. <laughs> it's living art. No, but that, I, mean, that, I feel I feel the same way about people's iPads. Like I don't want to. It's so expensive and precious that you don't want to touch it. No, I I agree, and, I and drop it's, it. that's why like people say carrying a baby. Oh, anybody can do that. But you you ever notice that like some people when they first have their kid are like, oh, you want to hold them? It's like no, no, get them away from yeah. me. I, I'll hold the kid. I don't give a fuck. They're not that fragile. Dude, I'm, more, I'm more worried about driving somebody's car. I, car, baby. Baby's worse than car. No way. No way. Because you know what? If you do drop that kid and it gets a little divot in its head, the parents are still going to love it. But if you put the smallest of scratches on somebody's car, forever they're going to see that scratch and think of you and loathe you. Okay. I think, it, you gotta, I think what you got to do is determine the extent of the divot. If you give that kid, a, if you make that kid a fucking pinhead, those parents are going to hate you for the rest of their life. You give them a fucking retard, they're never going. They're going to be like, you know what? I can go buy three cars, but I'm never going to have to. I'm well, you, always what, raise what, this retard what are baby. Are you standing on the roof when you're holding the kid? I mean, go go on the lawn or something. You know, not uh-huh. not on the on the basketball court or some other hard surface or you know standing at shit the, happens. At the Golden Gate Bridge shit happens and as you know from this fake Irish guy carrying a baby <laughs> is some serious business <laughs> let's go to call number two shit. here here's call number two hey this is Kristen from Canada I've got the perfect sick and wrong story for you guys um, that is such a fake Canadian accent I think this is real no and dude <laughs> why, why are all of our Canadian female <laughs> listeners even though we lo- Kendra's pretty much get- Kendra's pretty much gone by now because she's a health nut Although maybe she still listens, but they all have K names. Kristen. Kendra. Yeah, Kristen, Kendra. I don't, I don't know. Remember the one from uh, Manitoba? What was her name? Kelly? Um, or something. Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Um, I live in a little place in Alberta called Pigeon Lake. And there's this guy out here. And my whole life, he's pretty old. And my whole life, everybody's called him the motherfucker because supposedly he fucks his mom. But I've always like fluffed it off. And... They really are creative with their names over there. <laughs> when you call somebody a motherfucker, it's implied that they're fucking everybody else's mother. Yeah, not just I their own mom. Thought. I mean, not their own mom. That's that's like something else. That's an incestuous motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, why why not just call him Oedipus? 
You know, it's a, <laughs> what's the point of uh, motherfucker? Anyway, right. let's see. They, they they drink a lot of beer out there. Is I don't know, just rumors and shit, whatever. I mean, he is really, really weird, but still. And recently, I heard that um, I have a girlfriend that works in the hospital in Wisconsin, and she said that they walked in on him fooling around with his mom. Now she's in a hospital bed. This woman is like in her nineties. And they walk in on this like no, wait, wait, stop it, stop, guy. It, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> He's an incestuous motherfucking what do you call it when you fuck old people? I don't even... I can't remember. Yeah, I don't even know what it... Like, uh, I guess he's into fucking... Geriophile? Octogenarians. Yeah, he's a geriophile. <laughs> but you know what, what? What do they say is messing around? Is, like, changing the bedpan, wiping the ass? Is that messing around? Listen, if you're wiping the ass and your fingers stray into the vagina, that's not kosher. I like to put Kleenex on the tip of my cock and wipe with that because... <laughs> It's easier. You know, your <laughs> own <laughs> cock, not not your dad's cock. If you're putting Kleenex into your dad's penis head, <laughs> I was going to say foreskin, but he doesn't have one. Didn't have one. <laughs> then that's molestation. Okay, all right. Well, maybe. But still, I would just like to know the extent of what was going on. She's kind of skipping over some lurid details. I, I'm, I'm, I am saying right now his fingers were way up her snatch. That's so wait, you're, are you saying he was fisting his own mother that's 90 years old? Fingers, not fist. All right. Finger, <laughs> finger banging. Finger bang bang. I fooling around with his mom. So they had to kick him out of there. And now they're doing like this big, huge investigation and stuff like that. So I guess all the rumors were true. He is a motherfucker. Love you guys. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Do you think this is like a really big like story in Pigeon Lake, Canada? Yes. Like, one of the biggest stories, they'll be talking about this for years to come. It's like, oh, do you remember that guy that fucked his mom at the old age home? It's a huge story, but still nobody there has heard of us. So, except for Kelly or whatever her name is, Kate. (laughs) You know what, though? I mean, you you deride this guy for being a geriatric fucker or whatever. But you know what? I consider him an opportunist. Why? Because he's probably had sex with his mom multiple times. She's totally down with it. She's older. And, you know, she's probably just kind of like, you know what? Do whatever you want. I don't care. And this guy's like, it's way <laughs> easier totally than going. totally uninterested. Like, you're so bad at this. Like, I could, I'll just read the TV guide. Where you <laughs> but do whatever you're doing. But I'm just saying it's like now he doesn't have to expend all the money and the effort of having an actual girlfriend that's his own age or younger. She's a, her, more his mom effort. is a helicopter parent. That's what she's doing. It's like when these parents solve exactly. every pro- when these parents solve every problem for their kid, their kids never learn to sustain themselves. So he's just like, I can get fucked at home, and my mom does my laundry, and like you know, she uh, cooks me my TV dinners. Where what do I ever need to do? And now she's in a, the hospital, and she's ninety years old and about to die, and he's still fingering her. That's well, what she's wrought. I think exactly. I think she's wrought this herself i think it's i think what the problem is is that uh she you know um she's brought him to to be accustomed she's brought him up reared him to be accustomed to a certain lifestyle all of a sudden well, she's not rearing him she, he's rearing her well she, <laughs> that's true re- but no she's reared him though throughout his life to be accustomed to a certain lifestyle now all of a sudden she's taken away from him, put into a home because he can't care for her 
What, is he not allowed to have sex anymore? Yeah, he needs to get some stanky on his hangdown. Exactly. I mean, there's got to be some stanky in there. So, I, I mean, I guess what he might... What are visiting hours for, by the way? <laughs> exactly. And, and my question is, you can't have conjugal visits? What, you can't have conjugal visits in old age home? I don't know. I don't know. I know. There's a limitation. There's a limitation on the age spread. Maybe. All right. In my opinion. Well, um, thank you for sharing that motherfucker story. It was uh, very enlightening. Uh, people, give us a call. Sick and wrong hotline two zero six 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 three eight four six. We do always love what uh, what you got to say for the most part. Uh, we got one email here. Time for one email from uh, Genghis. Uh, the, you know, Wackley, I told you about this a while ago. It's a while ago, actually. I was on. Uh, I was on this radio show called The Right to Rock. And, yeah, I remember uh, you telling me that. Yeah, he interviewed me talking about metal. And uh, my, my old... Uh, Genghis one, or some other guy? This guy named Genghis, yeah. he um, oh. Matt Genghis Gonzalez from therighttorock.com. Um, he said they're about ready to post this show. It took like about a month, but uh, he's ready to post a show. And so he's asking us to uh, to mention it. So go to therighttorock.com. So therighttorock.com. The podcast is called The Genghis and Ragman Show. Is it up now, or do we still have to wait like a, a week or something? I think it's probably up right now. So you can go to the therighttorock.com, and you can download the interview they did with me. Um, right. Or you can subscribe to the show uh, via iTunes. The Genghis and Ragman Show. What, what, I wonder what the deal is with the name Ragman. Sounds like he's really into like menstrual blood. Isn't <laughs> it? It's just like I'm really into ragging chicks. Didn't you talk to him? No, I talked to Genghis. Genghis is oh. not into earning his red wings. He's not into menstrual blood. He's just into rock and roll. That guy. All right. All right. The other well, guy's going to listen to it and find out later. T- I'll report back next week. The other guy's like, I like to lick tampons. Uh, anyway, uh, to espouse the virtues of hard rock and heavy metal as meaningful, meaningful, viable art forms through cogent discussion and analysis with a healthy healthy dose of imported beer. That's their uh, raison d'etre. That's like the purpose of their show is to espouse... Why were you on there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm good with a healthy dose of imported beer. He says it was were great... clowning you? <laughs> no, I, 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 I think not. he was genuinely interested in what I had to say. He said it was... Because I'll clown them in my own mind. <laughs> He said it was great talking to you, and thanks again. And if you and or Lance ever want to talk metal, give us a shout. Horns up, Genghis. So uh, people go to therighttorock.com, and uh, yeah, you can hear an interview that uh, I just recently did. Um, Sounds like a pretty good show. They interviewed a lot of uh, other people, like uh, old 80s rockers like Kip Winger and people like that. So it sounds like kind of an interesting podcast. Uh, finally here, not finally, um, most importantly, uh, people, if you haven't already, go to the Sick and Wrong Forum. I don't know, um, I, I figure most people listen to the show are on the forum, don't you think? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I wish they were. They might be lurking, but they're not posting. There's a brave few people listen to the show that do venture into the Sick and Wrong Forum and expand their minds. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com. Click on forum, become a member today. Also, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. Really, it does help out the show. When you subscribe, give us a high rating. It boosts us up in the podcast rankings. More people find out. Then you get more podcasting, and we put more effort. It's a snowball effect. It's a snowball effect. So go subscribe to the show on iTunes. Also, 
Um, thank you for buying a sick wrong t-shirt. Like, really. I mean this. From the bottom of my Jewish black heart. Um, we do appreciate you buying a shirt and representing the show. Did you see uh, the picture of that girl, Rashi, who uh, posted, I think, on our Facebook? So you're, I think you're tagging that picture of her. Sexy girl wearing... No, I tagged myself. <laughs> yeah. Did you tag yeah, one I, titty? quote-unquote liked it. Yeah, very hot. She actually... Raji posted pictures on Facebook of her wearing the sick and wrong shirt. And you know what? I can't think of a perfect, a more perfect person to wear the sick and wrong shirt. Very hot. Very I cool. Think, I think for fans of... Long-time fans of the show, that's the girl who had the accidental foot fetish photography session in... Um, Orange somewhere, County, yeah, somewhere. in Orange County or something, wasn't it? What's that beach called? Not Long Beach, but uh, Newport Beach. Newport Beach. Newport right. Beach. I do remember that. Yeah, I wonder if that's the same person. I don't know, but she definitely looked I really hot is. in the shirt, and you can too. So go to sickerwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy yourself a sick and wrong tea. All Although right. you won't look nearly as good in it, you fucking troll. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Um, Sigurog Song of the Week was sent in by Ian. He goes, hey guys, I've been listening to the show for a few years now. At first I thought it was kind of pure old, but after a while I realized that my sense of humor is too. I've been a teacher in special schools for young people with social-emotional behavioral difficulties for years. I taught Dean Haddo. He's the brother killer from a recent episode. I don't even remember that. Dean is far from the worst kid I've taught there, but was definitely a BAM. B-A-M, which is the technical term for young people with social, emotional, and behavioral di- difficulties. Wow, it's interesting. Yeah, in, in the UK, they just call them BAMs. Yeah, we just call them TARDs. Uh, he was basically a programmable idiot. He could have been trained to happily dig ditches or collect rubbish, left to his own devices, though not so good. I'm sure prison will give him the final rounding off and turn him into a total psycho. Second point, I've been meaning to write for ages about a group named about gangbangers. Gangbang has a different sort of connotation in this country. So in the UK, they have a different meaning of gangbang. I've attached an I'll keep ex- that in mind when I go over there. <laughs> <laughs> I've attached an excellent song by the sensational Alex Harvey band to explain. Make it the song of the week and listen to more of their stuff. Cheers, Dean Lance. Keep it up, Ian. Uh, postscript, real name is withheld to the fuckers from the school hunting me down and prosecuting me. PPS... Maybe I'll send you some more sick and wrong stories from BAM schools in the future. We would actually appreciate that. So thank you, Ian. We're going to end the show with Gangbangers by the sensational Alex Harvey Band. It's a long name to say. Uh, People will be back next week with episode 268 before we leave here and uh, leave you for your your evening. I want to say happy birthday there, Wackily. Isn't your birthday this weekend? Not yet. (laughs) When is it? Is it this weekend? Sunday. Sunday. All right. Well, Big happy day. birthday in advance. I don't know if you found the uh, slide whistle yet, but I think I'm going to have to try to get you a new monogrammed slide whistle for your birthday. I'll find it. I, I haven't looked. It's somewhere around here. It's not gone. I didn't lose it up my ass. I didn't flush it. A hobo did not come in and steal it. It's, I just need to tear this place apart. I bet you, you know what? I bet you like someone, uh, a fan like, snuck into your house and took it. That thing's going to be worth a lot of money on that eBay. That is a fucking frightening thought. Yeah, I bet <laughs> I you it's going to be worth guarantee. a lot of money on eBay. Wackily slide whistle. I'm just, no, having a fan being in my house without me knowing, that's a frightening thought. Well, anyway, do you have big plans for the birthday? All weekend long, there's going to be debauchery. So it's just going to be a debaucherous weekend, just celebrating the birthday. 
Well, you only if turn. It's, if it's not too bad, I'll give a report next week. If it's bad, you won't hear anything. All right. Well, hopefully there's a lot of Jägermeister involved. So happy birthday. We'll be back next week with episode 268. Till then, take it sleazy. Lahayim.
Orarior Bildonis Oladamandiv Jus Bradot Odito Unbai in your cockshi 